Hey everyone, welcome back to There Was an Idea. In this episode, I've come to bargain. I'm really looking forward to sharing with you the insights that I learned from my friend Eddie as we talked about Doctor Strange and the process of healing and becoming in the world. Enjoy the episode. I am TK of New York, and I am burdened with glorious purpose. I'm a high school teacher by day, and I'm also a huge fan of pop culture. And this is There Was an Idea, a Marvel Cinematic Universe podcast that finds itself at the place where those two things meet. Join me and some special guests as we explore the MCU through concepts in the humanities. Spoiler alert, one of those concepts is intertextuality, and as such, each episode of this podcast will likely contain spoilers for multiple films in the MCU. Thinkers, inquirers, and lovers of entertainment, assemble. With me today, I have my close friend and fellow teacher, Eddie Amato. Hey, everybody. Hey, Tara. Thanks for having me. Of course. Um, Eddie, why don't you start by telling us a little bit about your relationship to the movies of the Marvel Cinematic Universe? Yeah, um, good question. My my relationship to the Marvel Universe is extremely limited. Yeah, I don't know much at all, really. <laughs> I know that it, there, it, comic books mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and superheroes and villains... And I, I think that's about, like, I know common names, yeah but as far as, like, stories go and, like, a deeper meaning or understanding, um, it's very foreign to me. I feel like as a kid, um, I wasn't very open to receive, like, uh, fantasy. Mm, interesting. Or, um, yeah, like, that, that kind of stuff. It was just foreign to me. And I just kind of never unpacked it or, or took a look at it, a deeper look at it. Yeah. Well, thank you for being a little bit more open to it now. The character in this film, Stephen Strange, is on this journey that is centered around his his perception of healing and what that means. And I know that's something that um, you have studied and done work on. I think that his quest for knowledge and the way that this movie constructs questions about knowledge remind me of conversations that we've had. Um, talking about our students in our classrooms and just kind of talking about life in general and what we seek to know and how we experience the reality around us. And so those themes and those questions um, were things that I, I thought that you would have some interesting insights on. Oh, that's awesome. Um, I'm touched. <laughs> uh, and I also feel like a great responsibility to like speak about this stuff. <laughs> no, no pressure, no pressure. <laughs> um in a in like a matter of fact uh, kind of way, so I'm going to uh, risk uh, being wrong and uh, and just speaking from my own experience. You know, that might yeah, be different th- for somebody else's. I think that's all we. I think that's all we can do, especially when we're talking about something like these movies, which is which are art, right? They're pieces mm-hmm. of art, and so of course our perspectives on them are going to be informed by our own ideas. And um, there's no right or wrong in terms of what we're getting out of the experience of um, looking at these fictional characters. I think anything that we can get out of it and talk about and raise questions that are interesting to real life is something to celebrate. So I'm excited to do that with you. Um, So overall, did you like the movie? Yeah, I thought it was a great movie. Um, The the first, I guess, two thirds of the film um, or or third of the film, I was uh, I was taken back by the incident that Doctor Strange had to his hands and um, that shot when he wakes up 
in the hospital and it's that first person and uh, to look down and see your hands, um, pins and rods and Mm -hmm. needles and like every finger. And uh, for me, I feel like my hands have always been a source of like uh, expression. I feel like I've always been able to use my hands to kind of get what I need, if -hmm. you will. Like uh, from a kid, I always looked like you build with blocks and some and an adult will come over and and say great like you know how great it was and there was this gratification to yeah sure creating yeah and then as I got a little older and you know my uh, my dad was such a handyman and um, watching him with tools and fix things I wanted to be just like him and show him that I could do that stuff too so uh, to, naturally I, I lended it lended itself like using my hands and and working with tools and fixing things only got me more uh attention i guess you could say and like Mm -hmm. some love and it made me feel adult to fix grown-up things and in the house i mean even if it was just tightening a doorknob but uh the thought of and i have hurt my hand and uh, as a matter of fact a couple years ago i I was i was working on my car and, and i made a mistake and and i I ended up cutting a, a tendon on my index finger oh, man. and it was terrifying. It really, it really was, especially to feel that change in, in my hands and not being able to, to, to move it the way that I always had. And, yeah, sure. and, and the, you know, not to get too graphic, but like the blood and, mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. it's, uh, the thoughts that are running through your mind is like, okay, we need to, I need to do something about this. Right. And then, mm. and then in the healing process comes up stuff like what if, what if it doesn't work again? Or like, what if I, the thoughts of not being able to use my hands, the thoughts of not being able to draw my whiteboard in my classroom or create something starts coming through my mind. And for Dr. Strange, I mean, he has this incredible position of, of being a surgeon and and helping others and um, being someone that others can count on right through Mm -hmm. his hands and uh, essentially like restore their life. You know, yeah. back to uh, some level of normalcy. So um, that scene struck me hard. The 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 hands being mangled and yeah, absolutely. Um, the the stitches and the pins and the rods and stuff. So because you can sort of feel like you're saying that it's both that physical pain when something like that happens, but then it's also it's mental and it's emotional because you're thinking about the what ifs and how it can create changes to your life. That the things that perhaps you received praise or validation or just your sense of self from before you might not that moment that you're scared oh you might not be able to have that so i think that that's a huge part of of his struggle in the movie and um definitely something i think we're going to get into a little bit more yeah great the first time i saw this movie my initial judgment was a little bit harsh because because i uh being so familiar with the iron man story which i discussed with cat a couple weeks ago in that story, you similarly, um, you have this character who is this uh, rich, successful, charming man who is also a bit arrogant and stubborn, and um, he experiences trauma, and then he becomes a hero. And so at first, I sort of, looking at it at that face value, I was like, all right, then. I kind of feel like I've seen this story before. But upon rewatching this movie a number of times and seeing how this character actually develops even more in some of the movies that come later in the franchise... Um, he's definitely one of my favorites now. I think that, um, yeah, I think that his his journey is immensely interesting. And it's not just as clear cut as I initially judged it to be. And on top of that, I think this movie just looks incredible. 
those visuals get me every time. One of the beginning scenes with yes. that, that supreme, mm-hmm. uh, what, what was she referred to as like the supreme? The Sorcerer Supreme. Sorcerer Supreme. Uh, when she had casted that yeah. spell and made the building, every, everything just turned into like this, what seemed like a pulverizing, like grind, like uh, shredding kind of yeah. like... Uh, quality to it that was hairy that was like that was pretty pretty wild all right so some context about this movie this movie came out in 2016 it was the second to be released in phase three of the mcu and um since this movie benedict cumberbatch has played the same character stephen strange in thor ragnarok which we have an episode on coming up very soon and also in Avengers Infinity War and Avengers Endgame. So notably, I think one of the things that um, always comes up in discussions of this movie, if you were to read about the production of it and its release online, is the fact that a very big change was made from the comics universe to how it was translated on screen. And that is... um, So Marvel like many big Hollywood blockbuster studios, makes a great deal of money in China. And it's very, very important for these big Hollywood studios to be able to release their movies in China because it's such a huge potential audience. So there is actually a government body in China that is in charge of essentially reviewing films and approving, deciding whether or not to approve that they can be um, distributed if anything can be perceived as portraying China or its government or its people in a negative light, they won't allow the movie to be distributed there. So this means that oftentimes there are decisions made behind the scenes that impact scripts and impact different Mm -hmm. story elements for some of these movies, which is really interesting. In the case of Doctor Strange in the comics, he travels to Tibet. And in the movie, they change it to Nepal. Um, and in the original comics, the ancient one, his mentor, is a Tibetan monk. Here they change her into a Celtic monk. Um, and the idea is um, because there, there's such a long history of human rights violations of the Tibetan people at the hands of the Chinese that any kind of positive portrayal of Tibet is not something that China <laughs> lets That's fly. So yeah, so it's really, really interesting. And, um, you know, Marvel Studios in this case made the, like, the business savvy decision to erase Tibet from the story. Um, but that is also something that people are very aware of and doesn't necessarily sit right with a lot of viewers. Mm. Um, so the director, um, what's interesting, the director spoke out and kind of responded to critiques around essentially the, the whitewashing of the Ancient One character to cast Tilda Swinton, uh, who's a white actor, as opposed to casting someone um, of Asian descent. And so he spoke out about that and he actually said, he said, um, I didn't really understand the level of pain that's out there for people who grew up with movies like I did, but didn't see their own faces up there. He said the angry voices and the loud voices that are out there, I think are necessary. Um, his name's Scott Derrickson, by the way. He said, um, if it pushes up against this film, I can't say I don't support it, meaning the, the critiques. Uh, because how else is it going to change? This is just the way we've got to go to progress. And whatever price I have to pay for the decision I've made, I'm willing to pay it. Hmm. So it's very interesting how he kind of owned that and, and responded to those critiques. Um, but the studios don't ever really comment on 
the changes made specifically about Tibet. All right, so behind the scenes stuff is super interesting, but what's even more interesting is what we're going to analyze about what we saw on the screen. Cool. So um, let's talk about Stephen Strange and his journey and what happens to him, what happens when he is no longer able to fulfill the role in the world that he has previously occupied and how he goes on this journey to become. Where would you like to start, Ed? Um, I feel like I want to start in like comparing like my own journey, if you will. I would or love like, that. Yeah. That sounds fantastic. Okay, cool. Let's do it. And uh, and something and, and also something that I've noticed about maybe even some other people's journeys. It's it's interesting the uh, the stages that Doctor Strange goes through. So we look yeah. at Doctor Strange kind of doing his thing, right? Like in the moment, like he's got his tunes going. Oh yeah, <laughs> and he's just crushing surgery and like it's nothing, mm-hmm. and impress like impressing everyone. And I'm not saying that this is my experience, <laughs> but I'm just, I just crushing like, everything that yeah, I do. <laughs> yeah, and then there's this this way of being that he has. Uh, that he that he that he manages right this this yeah. way of being Doctor Strange, and uh, all of a sudden that comes to a crashing halt, literally right in that mm-hmm. that Lamborghini on the on the road, and he gets into this accident. So there's this essentially this traumatic event yeah. that happens um, in his life that 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 completely threatens uh, his livelihood and turns uh, makes everything different. It's like um, it's like essentially he lost all of his power. Right. Right. So he's, you know, the power of healing, the power of, uh, of healing with his hands and, uh, you know, being a surgeon. Right. So he, so he's, you know, he's in the high, so now he's got to go through this like physical healing process. And then he had that complete blowout with, uh, Christine, um, just acting like a total jerk just, and, and you could tell how much pain he was in, you know, it was like, it wasn't even the pain or the shaking in his hands. You could just tell that like he was really meeting, that part of himself that knew that things weren't going to be the same anymore. Absolutely. You know, that, that, uh, that his, his career as a doctor was jeopardized his ability to save people. Right. And like, just think, I mean, can you only imagine like the pride that you would feel after a successful surgery? Oh my God. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Like, like uh, you'd be the most humble doctor. I mean, there's no way that like, like I feel, feel I'll feel that course. way about a birdhouse or something <laughs> that together, yeah, but, uh, sure. but no, all seriousness, uh, he, he goes on, uh, so he's going through those, those, those emotional struggles, if you will. Mm-hmm. Right. So, so with, um, you know, physical pain, I feel like we learn to, to manage and in, in some way, right. It's, uh, it's, it's essentially temporary, right. It's like the shock or the brunt of the force. And then it's the processing takes place yeah. of what just hat. Right. And then there's, you know, ways of managing that pain and stitches or band-aids and, casts and like there's more of like an objective way sure of things that healing feel more of, of healing right mm-hmm. right 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 there there are cells in bones that um decompose and there are cells in the bone that um regenerate right right so uh and then i was as a matter of fact i was just talking to a sixth grader about this um at work over the summer both of his parents are doctors he had me dying i he, we were talking about his dad as a cardiologist i was like so what's your dad I was like, so what does your dad really do? Like, and he goes, I don't know. He, he just hangs out in the basement and draws circles on pictures. <laughs> and <laughs> so I just, funny, right? oh my God. Yeah. I laughed. But, and then I also, I, I wanted to unpack that with him a little bit further because one, he made me laugh and I love yes. that. Mm-hmm. And number two, um, his dad, like there, 
no doctor would want to be reduced to a child drawing circles on pictures, right? <laughs> or MRIs, right? So we took a look at, uh, or we, we, we talked about, I brought in the, the pressure, I guess, uh, or the, um, when I, when I hurt my hand, I was at the mercy of like my doctors and like my hand specialist or the surgeon that, uh, yeah. fixed my tendon. Right. And I really wanted them to help me. Like I needed them to help me. Yeah. Like I wanted my hand, like I wanted everything to go back to the way it was. I wanted to feel like I was okay and that sure. I was going to be okay and that I was safe. Right. So even if this doctor is in his basement looking at MRIs and drawing, you know, circling or whatever, I'd like to think that he is also holding space for the sincere, the sincerity of like the work of like how right. that, that is someone, there's someone counting on him to really come through and like really care enough to, to make a good decision, right. Or to do the right thing. So talking about that with Noah, um, you know, in regard to his dad, uh, he, he, he really acknowledged that. And it wasn't like he acknowledged it for the first time. I think he truly knew that. And that's what made his joke so funny about it. So, so for him to acknowledge that it it, it was just, it was great. It was just, you know, it was just a nice moment. So anyway, getting back to Dr. Strange and, uh, his trauma, mm-hmm. right? And his whole world changed or is changing in front of him. And he's dealing and he's managing a lot of pain. So, cause I, I got triggered by that, um, interaction between Christine and Dr. Strange when yes. he was being a total, like I said before, he was being a total jerk. And, and Christine could see, which was like sweet in a way and hard at the same time yes. because he was being awful, but she could see that how much pain he was in. Yes. And, and she even, I think she even said something like, I hate seeing you like this or yes, whatever. Did, and it, yeah. and it wasn't because his hands didn't work. It was because he was a wreck over, exactly. over it and, and, and powerless and, and was feeling helpless and was taking it out on, right? So you start blaming, right? You yes, want to, yes, you yes. want somebody to pay for that, that price or that, uh, pain that you're feeling, right? And that's all just one way of holding that pain. That's, that's one way of expressing it and, and, uh, showing it. Right. And it's very familiar. How it's interesting to me that he also made this like Eastern, uh, movement. Dr. Strange found himself in this, uh, environment that reminds me of like a monastery. The destructive, the aggressive, that's one way of channeling. Um, and he was so desperate to just you know, be in control and get, find someone who could fix his hands and was one, tr- like one track mind, fix the hands. And then choosing to, in his case, physically take the journey elsewhere is his way of saying, owning what you said before, that there's not just one way to channel this, right? That like, I can look to another way that may not have been the way in which I was raised or socially myself socially constructed if that makes sense yeah i just want to I, like i grew up catholic like i was an altar right. uh, not an altar server i was a lector i used to read at the mass right yeah, and i yeah, did it because yeah. it made my mom so happy it really <laughs> just made her proud and and it, it's not to say that i have anything about against catholicism or going to church or being catholic i just uh it wasn't like i was going there to connect with myself deeper in the spirit of a higher of a greater being or of a higher being right yeah and I got, I, you know, sorry to say, like, looking back now, because I feel like uh, if I know, if I had known then what I know now, 
I feel like I would have had a fuller experience, sure. you know, it, it, sitting in church um, as a kid. So I, I was up until that point, I was busy managing my life with all that I had known up until then. Yes. And I felt like what was perhaps missing or what really opened me up was the, all these possibilities of the unknown. Yes. Right. Yes. So, so uh, it's like, it's like having this entire universe that, you know, that, that is yours and your way of being and, and your routine. And then all of a sudden it felt like I was shooken or shaken rather. And, uh, and here was, was the other, on the other side of this were all these possibilities of that were, that were unknown. So I'm going to try to wrap this, wrap this thought up. What if, what if this is possible, right? What if, what if this is possible? Could you make room in your routine, your life, your psyche to include that this is possible, right? And I think some of us can, and, and some of us maybe aren't ready to, and maybe some of us won't, and that's fine. Yeah. So when, so when the Supreme, when the Sorcerer Supreme talks about surrender, Dr. Strange surrendering to the ego, it's not holding up a white flag. It's, it's surrendering in a way that is letting go of all of the things that you think are you, I guess you could say, or, uh, that you believe to be true that you are and surrender to that there's such a vastness of possibility and unknown that's only that's 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 going that can take place then you know you you just said so nicely how you're not always ready and some people may be ready or some people may not be ready and and what does that mean and and um dr strange stephen strange in the movie consistently tries to say that he's ready and he's ready to learn and then others have to tell him that he's not very interestingly toward the end when he's having that conversation that we'll come back to with the anointed one's astral projection as she's dying that's the first and only time he says he's not ready because he's actually learned some of the lesson that he has to you know the first thing that they tell him when he arrives in Kamartage is forget everything you think you know which is exactly what you were just speaking to. Um, and he needs to forget everything he thinks he knows in order to awaken to these other possibilities. Yeah, and, and it, so there's like there's levels here at play, right? Absolutely. So so he prior to all of this accident and this whole thing, he was a healer at, at, at a level and he was mm-hmm. a surgeon at a good one, right? And then that was taken away from him, right? Which is, I feel like, a, also a common story for, for many who come out on top, you know, or, or in a good place in their life, right? They've, yeah. they've, they've gone through some kind of adversity or struggle and found a new way of being in the world, right? Grew um, in ways. So, yes. Yeah. And it's very common in, in um, a number of these Marvel movies and in superhero movies, or that idea of needing to be confronted with who you, who you thought you were and how others see you and needing to be confronted with what happens when that changes or you lose some aspect of who you think you are, what choices are you going to make? Yeah, so so let's let's stay with that for a second because yeah. I think this is like a really important like healing moment right here or yes. like or, or, or a moment to, to speak to healing. And and as a matter of fact, I was just looking at my notes here and I wrote down that quote that said um was it uh what was his name? I can never remember it. Um Mordo? Mordo. Mordo I think said this when he was talking about the sorcerer supreme I asked for the powers to defeat my enemies and you gave me the power to defeat my inner demons and live within the natural law. So in my opinion, I feel like that is healing in a nutshell. Yeah. Like if you were to try to sum up like what, what healing means, if someone was like, Oh, you're a healer. Like, what does that even mean? Yeah. It's like, uh, you're working 
with uh, a certain level of being that doesn't ask someone to change who they are, but it's okay. more of them to soften into who they are. Like, uh, there's a softening and descending quality in, 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 in healing, in my, in my opinion, or, um, where it, it's like, well, let's go back to the quote. It, it, asking for the powers to defeat my enemies. So there's this essentially, um, a victory over something mm-hmm. like I'm going to conquer you. Right. Right. As opposed to a victory with. Yes. Right. So it's not necessarily, um, an overtaking or a, um, a destruction of someone mm-hmm. as much as it's, uh, giving those parts of that person some space or room to breathe sure. or holding them in a different way. That includes a new way of being with, uh, the enemy, let's say, or, yeah. or, or what have you. So, um, that triggered another thought in my mind about like, if your life was this, this big window pane, mm. right? Uh, looking out, you know, there's, there's a window in this room looking out that window. If that was a representation of life, um, you know, depending on how long you lived or the type of life you live or where you are, you're going to have scratches, gr- uh, bumps, bruises, and, you know, in yeah, the sure. scrapes, gashes, right? And, and grime. And, exactly. Yeah. And, and over time, right? And we work on cleaning our windows. But the, the, the thing is, is like in my experience, like with the kind of healing school and, and under, uh, understanding that I've grown to have around healing, because uh, I, because I've graduated this program that that is um implies that uh i can offer healings to people right right? so what is that right is it just you're a psychologist and someone sits in a chair and you listen um if that's the way that you do healings then that might might be the way that that your healing session looks right so it's going to be different the point is is that if if i'm in a healing or if if i'm a person i have this big window pane that's representing my life and on it are all of the scratches and gashes and and dings and and scrapes that are in that glass and through the healing po- process what i have found is that some of those surface scratches those little blemishes and those things they get cleared up sure right they get you mm-hmm. you can clear it up and you have a better vision through that through that window but those gashes like those big gouges that are mm-hmm. in there they stay Mm. But here's the thing is that the, the window's so clean around them and you learn how to include the gouge in, mm. in the window that it start, that it doesn't, it's not, when you look out the window, the gouge is no longer the only thing that you're left to see. Yeah. That's beautifully put. Yeah. There's, yeah. There, thank you. There, well, and, and it's not necessarily my own, um, uh, like saying or whatever. I mean, it's stuff Mm -hmm. that I've learned through, through like, you know, the healing community and, and stuff. So, um, powerful statement. Right. And, and, uh, and it really hits home for me because, uh, I know it, I, I know, I trust that just the way that Mordo trusts the, um, uh, Sorcerer Supreme. I have that trust over like the teachers that have taught me, um, healing. And what's also interesting and I want to include is that, um, the people that I've learned uh, different healing stuff from, um, which is, by the way, not like it's not out of anyone's. I don't think it's out of anyone's realm. I mean, if you're open to healing, you want to heal, you want to be 
you know, a, a, a healing presence in the world, then like you'll find it, like you'll sure. you'll get there or whatever. It's not something that there are these it's not a big secret keepers. Yeah, yeah. It's like you don't have to. You don't have to. Like I said, like meditate in a cave, or you don't have to be mm-hmm. some kind of special whatever. You know, yeah. uh, you, you could just do it if you're if you're interested, right? Just like Doctor Strange sitting outside the door, you know, scratching it like a dog just to yeah. be let back in. Absolutely. Like I, I think I had that. Maybe not to that degree, but I had a yearning, like right to to you got t- you get tired of pain you know what i mean and sure. and the same old ways of of dealing with it and and not have and sometimes not, destructive right exactly and that and, and that actually in in some ways have served me well at the time right sure. but it's no longer serving serving me now and, yeah. and and with a desire to grow and a desire to heal so here's where i found myself right yeah. it's like and in this right where i am you know? Yeah, that that question to one of the things that um, when he first is kind of being awoken to this new way of thinking, this new way of acquiring knowledge, this new way of being, um, she's the anointed one, the Sorcerer Supreme. She says a couple of things to him that I think are interesting because I think they speak very well to what you were just talking about. Mm-hmm. So she says, you're a man looking at the world through a keyhole. And you spent your whole life trying to widen that keyhole to see more, to know more, right? Yeah. But then when he's confronted with this new way of seeing, at first he's resistant, right? So he's always been on this quest to see outside. Like his quest for knowledge looked different in the past, as you said. Maybe that was something that served him in the past. But now he's confronted with, now if you... Um, are awake to these other possibilities, she says to him, who are you in the multiverse, right? You had this Mm. sense of who you were in the world that you could control. And that sense of who you were was very much defined by what you did, what you did with your hands. But who are you now in this multiverse now that you're aware of it? That's a huge, that that hits hard. uh, Because for me, this what this wakes up for me is like, um, as a kid that I had mentioned earlier um, in the podcast, um, being this like jack of all trades, right? Yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. Like I was the kid in class that if the pencil pencil sharpener jammed, like I walked over there and I figured it out, right? Or Mm -hmm. like that kind of thing. Um, That was like my identity. Yes. That was what I knew would save me. You know, as if mm-hmm. like, a, even if I did bad in school or if I um, got in trouble or whatever, if I, if I fixed, unclogged, if I, mm-hmm. you know, built, right, if somehow uh, gave me the, the love and the care that I needed around uh, my mistake, right, or, or whatever it might be. Sure. So if that is my identity, I am Mr. Fix-It. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, and then um, you are in a place where everything is fixed. What are you now? Yes, yes. Right? Mm-hmm. So, um, so Dr. Strange has a huge opportunity to meet Dr. Strange. Yeah. Uh, maybe even for the first time, right? And I think that uh, – I think – listen, I think that is why uh, I feel my own uh, hesitation sometimes with talking about healing. Is because of the true, the true uh, revelatory nature of that, of someone waking up to um, their identities. I anticipate even myself waking up to more of my own patterns and ways of navigating oh, sure, yeah. the world. I don't think there's any one clean way. Nobody gets through unscathed, right? Of course. So that being said, like, it's a process. For to, if you are if you are with someone and 
you are essentially ushering them back to the self, themselves. I would like to think that that person is capable. What this brings me back to is the, um, the, the way that Mordo and the, the Sorcerer Supreme were, were testing Doctor Strange to yes. see, like, how bad do you want this, right? Exactly. Like, who are you doing this for and how bad, like, what, to what lengths are you willing to go? So I, I, in my practice, I feel like I've been tested and continue to be tested on what that is. And that could be, um, waking up to find out that I don't have the enough coffee creamer for my coffee in the morning. <laughs> like I might be tested in that way, right? Yeah. Or I might be working with someone who is truly cracking open to these parts of themselves that have been tucked or pushed away, repressed yeah. out of, um, out of uh, a need to, for, for what they have conjured to, to survive. For someone to meet the part of themselves just as I was saying before, I'm going to keep it about myself. The Mister Fix It that long enough, that that no longer needs to be a Mister Fix It. What did that? What does that person do? Right? Yeah. There has to be a complete fall apart that takes place. It's. I feel like it's just how it goes. Like you, you, if if that's the the depth or level of of you that you want to experience, that you want to heal into. Mm. The, the part of you that is you without anything else extra yeah. that you need to do, that you can just effortlessly be, first of all, it's going to bring up a ton of stuff. Yeah, <laughs> it's, it's going to be easy. Because, <laughs> and, and, and what you're going to end up looking at are all of the things, all of the things that you do to, to save yourself from touching that place. Yes. Because somewhere along the road, you learned that that was unsafe. Mm-hmm. Where being your true self or being the way that you are was not good enough or not okay. And so as young people and people in general, we learn how to adapt and how to overcome, right? How to get what we need in the environment. So it's, it's, it's amazing how this, this film has, has brought all this stuff out kind of thing. Yeah. Yeah, And I think that's, you know, in a beautiful, ironic way, this movie being so utterly fantastical and a comic book on screen even more so than some of the other movies that I've been talking about in this podcast that are a little bit more grounded in reality. This one is is fantastical. The visuals are insane. But I think what you're speaking to is that the themes and the journey of this character are so real and are something that is so relatable because it speaks to questions about what it means to be human and what it means to go through a trauma, what it means to... Um, form to claim an identity reclaim an identity form a new identity like to become as you're saying and i don't think by the end of this movie dr strange is become i think he's still becoming but i think that um i think this movie as you said just so nicely kind of speaks to that journey that's uh yeah well put and uh, I I can't uh, help myself um I feel like we are always in process of awakening and becoming yeah or 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 some choose to be in process of awakening and becoming or to be aware of that um and the other thing is is that that journey it there's a rhythm right but everyone's got, everyone sings a different song so mm-hmm. so there's a rhythm to the to the journey if you will or or okay. through that process I I, I think. Yeah, no, I'm but uh, right. So the songs, so the songs are different. I like that metaphor too because we see that this character in the movie relates to music a lot. 
Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Just kind of pull connection. Mm. Yeah. I left um, another notion uh, hanging before about like that unconditional trust in in someone like the, um, in like, let's say a wise sage elder. Yeah. And Um, and teachers, right? Teachers. This movie says, you know, trust your teacher. And I think for us, you know, you and I both being teachers. (laughs) So here's, so here's, yeah. So I want to include this. Um, So here's, so here's uh, Mordo, right? Mm Mm-hmm. And he is uh, a devotee, right? He's devout to uh, to the to the Sorcerer Supreme. That's right. And and um, has this unconditional trust and and admiration, right? And and really um, listens to to her. It's a lot to. I think it's. I think it says a lot to trust. It's. A, it says a lot to trust or to be trusted, right? Or, of or to, to trust someone. Mm-hmm. And uh, when he finds that she was dabbling with the dark. Energy, dark, That's right. right, darkness, mm-hmm. the dark dimension, dark dimension. Uh, what I really valued in Mordo, and and if we could just zoom out a little bit from what we were talking about before, yeah. because in my experience, I have teachers and I have people in my life that are a uh, a sim a symbol or they're, they're real per- people, real person, live mm-hmm. like people <laughs> uh, that have the same place in my life as the the sorcerer supreme did for mordo gotcha so that being said uh people are flawed yes right and we all have stuff that um i don't want to call them secrets even though that might be true but uh we all have our human error right and and humanity about us that 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 um makes mistakes Mm-hmm. Right. Says the wrong thing at the wrong time. Embarrass ourselves, whatever. Absolutely. Whatever it is. Uh, and so the Sorcerer Supreme dabbling in this darkness, this this dark universe. Um, I don't think it's necessary. And I feel that person sitting next to me with their skepticism about um, healing and trustworthiness of people and higher beings or mm-hmm. um leaders you know that kind of thing so i would like to go ahead and include that healthy skepticism sure and i would like to make to honor mordo's character Mm -hmm. despite the sorcerer supreme having dabbling with the dark energy mordo stayed true to himself yes he 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 didn't uh he didn't come undone there. He didn't. Yes. He, he 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 didn't say everything I learned was a lie. Exactly. So it's yeah. like so in my position, I have these wonderful people that are flawed and make mistakes, and God knows what in, in their in their you know pre uh, life growing up or whatever kind of mistakes and things that are done. But the point is, is that the 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 meaning that they have in my life and what they have taught me though is not anything that. Uh, will ever be taken away from me and and it's yeah. not and and it's not like uh, I would choose to ignore uh, something extreme if they did something awful or terrible right I would say I was misled or naive or whatever but mm-hmm. in this particular scenario but to separate with, out with Mordo yeah he was like hey like that was you know I don't agree. And, and I'm, I, I don't, because I don't agree with that, I'm going to continue on my path, you exactly. know, and, and do, and do, end. and choose to work with, um, what was it? The nat- natural law and, Within, and, yes. and not working with, uh, the dark, you know, side of whatever. But, and then the other thing that comes up with me in that is like, you know, you got, if, if we're living in this, uh, 
in in a in a dualistic world, there is light and there is dark, yes. right? And they're separate. Good There's yes evil. and no, right? In a non-dualistic world, they both are uh they they both are in relationship. They're they're both existing. Yes. They they need each other. There's a play on relationship. They're not separate islands. And I think that's what the anointed one, the Sorcerer Supreme, I think that's what she saw in making her decisions to access dark energy. And that's, I think, what Dr. Strange sees when he makes the decision to um, create the time loop at the end with Dormammu, because he knows that that is going to be something that serves the greater good, that serves other people, that saves other people. And he's willing to break those, those laws to bend time. And so... Those two characters, the, the Sorcerer Supreme and Doctor Strange, are holding those two things. And then Mordo is maybe not holding those two things. But as you said, too, I do think he's a strong character. I think sometimes we perceive um, somebody who is so devout to another person or um, an idea as maybe being weaker if they're just following. But I don't think that that's true with him. And I think in the way that you framed it, I think it helps me see, too, his character as being so strong because he's not just blindly saying, I'm going to go along with what my teacher did, but hold to what she taught me and what I learned about myself through huh. what she taught me. And, 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 and Mordo, I think you can make the argument that there, there's a youngness to Mordo. Sure. And mm -hmm. uh, that being said, like, um, and I think he, in his own way, he kind of has like a, he has this idea mm. in his mind of like, what it's really all about. Yes. And, and, um, when he found, so, so there's a perfect example. There's light and dark existing at the same time. The yeah. light is Mordo's strength and his commitment to being, yes. uh, to, to being a strong, devout, right person and, uh, include the Sorcerer Supreme, Supreme's darkness. Yes. Right, so th yes. there's there's the light and the he's dark. Not there's the it. yes. Right, mm -hmm. so he's so he's including he's able to include the fact that his leader is flawed. We've talked a lot about the losing of oneself, the going through process of learning about oneself, having to confront oneself, and and then kind of like, as you said, re returning to who one really is. And um, in this movie, there's definitely a message too that it's not all about you, right? It's not all about you, the individual. And I think that that's worth noting because at the very beginning of this movie, um, you know, uh, Stephen Strange's colleague and, you know, former, it sounds as if they had a, some type of intimate re relationship and their friends sort of, um, Christine Palmer, um, he, she says to him, everything's always about you. And and in that um, part of his life, we can, we can see evidence of that, that he makes decisions that are going to serve him, even if they're also serving others and he's saving others and doing such noble work as a surgeon, he's making decisions to serve him. And in the end, or toward toward the end, when he does have that, that beautiful conversation, his astral body has the conversation with the Sorcerer Supreme's um, astral body at that window in the hospital. And I, I was picturing that image before too, Ed, when you were talking about the idea of looking through the window. And they're both looking out and she she says to him, um, it's not about you. I want to find the specific quote. Yes, um, she tells him that your fear, your fear of failure kept you from greatness and that he needs to learn it's not about you.
Um, so I think that that's really interesting too, because everything we've been saying is about about the individual, right? And the individual going through these processes and making these decisions and going on this journey. But then there's also something here to um, what you do for others is what speaks to who you are. And his decision in the end to create the time loop in which he he would be experiencing an unbearable amount of physical pain every time he's killed by the evil Dormammu. Mm, mm. Um, but he's making that decision to be killed over and over and over again for however long it's going to take, um, if that means that the people of the world will be safe. So I think that that's there's something there too, and I and I wonder um, your thoughts on something you said earlier about healing happening together in community and what you make of that. I do remember a specific moment where that felt very alive, mm. that quality of healing in community. Yeah. And uh, I think it might even be around uh, his training in, in with That's right. learning like those new powers and That's the, right. these... Uh, and the other thing I want to include here that you that we had talked about even prior to watching was uh, Doctor Strange's desire to do good mm. um, was not like he was bit by a spider and then now has like this unbelievable yes. power of spinning webs and and doing that thing right. That's or, right. Um, he has to practice. Born on a certain planet or something like that. Exactly. Like, he uh, he had an accident and and um, you know healed essentially. Yeah, his powers are learned, his powers are studied right. and practiced. So from that perspective, you know, there was the there's this community of um, you know, his healers, right? Or, That's right. or, or his yeah, his healers as a matter of Absolutely. fact. Absolutely. And so when I say th you know, healing happens in community, it's like yeah, like your your experience and everything, your relationships, right? Your relationships with 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 your loved ones and, and people in general, how you navigate these relationships, yeah. are um, are are very much uh, in your face in the healing process. Or or it's yes. a it's a it's a very uh, I would actually I don't want to say in your face. I I want to say that it is a. Um, catalyst perhaps for for healing because you you're you're looking at your relationship with others right right and then um and then we can look at it from another perspective of if you're in a community that where you feel safe enough to be vulnerable to open up about these um gouges that you have in your in your That's window right. whatever that gouge looks like whether it was something that you did or didn't do you mm -hmm. know or or something that happened to you um, no matter how big or, or small or um, troubling, uh, I'd like to think that there is a community out there. Maybe it's a community of poets. Maybe it's a community of m musicians. Yeah. They're, they're, right. Um, I think everybody's got their own flavor of of what they what they feel comfortable with or around mm -hmm. or something like that. But um, this idea of healing in community. Um, I think stands really true for for me especially. Um, I didn't I didn't get to um, grieve over past selves or past ways of being that served me once and no longer serve me now. Um, just under my own um, exclusive yeah. process, it was a there was a there was a meeting of the wise elder or sage, mm -hmm. if you will. Uh, there was the the process of of owning these relationships, um, of really taking ownership of my relationships with other people and and myself, yeah. right? And then there was this 
unraveling. There was this cracking open, if you will, this shattering, if you will, where, where all the ways that you thought the ways things were supposed to be, what your vision was or how you had saw everything changes in an instant. Right. And then it's this, it's this slow rebuilding process of the self again, in my opinion. And the self, I think, I think something I'm, I'm thinking about and and maybe you, you disagree, but so one of the lines in this movie that the Sorcerer Supreme says when she basically, you know, allows her physical form to die. And she basically says, you know, um, it's, it's, death that gives life meaning right mm. this kind of thing we were talking about before like you need to have the dark to have an understanding of what the light means and um i think that's really interesting and so i'm kind of wondering um you know what is the self if not in relationship to others is the self yeah that's a great question i yeah. I, I think i would call that like a healed ego mm. Um, as if to say that that we um, that that's achievable. I don't believe that to be true. Yeah, I think we're always in process. Like yes, I, like you yes. were saying, or like we were saying before, like in process of awakening, becoming right. Yeah. So in process of healing our egos. It's like the moment we we get the inclination that oh we're this now we're done yeah yeah like oh i'm mr fix it like that's who i am yeah, like yeah, this yeah. is this is how i relate to the world this is how i i share my joy this is how i get joy this is how i get love right. Well, then when that shifts or changes, it's like, well, now I'm a healer, you know, or like, <laughs> well, right. And like, how long can you ride that train for before, uh, yeah, you know what I mean? Before it shifts or changes. And then again, too, though, maybe those terms, right? Like, you know, being a, a, a Mr. Fix-It, being a healer, being a doctor over and over again in this movie, right? He corrects people. He says, it's not Mr. It's not master. It's doctor. Right. right? And so maybe those terms that we hold on to because they have meaning, um, maybe the terms themselves don't need to be shed, right? Maybe the terms are then just become more encompassing or redefined, right? And so maybe at a certain part of life, being a healer means one thing, and then maybe in another part, it means something else. Maybe being a doctor for him meant something that he thought was this neat box, but maybe now it's evolved into something else, right? Maybe his, because for him, um, part of his identity as a doctor, this oath that he took to do no harm. And how can he apply that aspect of being a doctor, even when he's not a surgeon anymore, and instead he's this master of the sanctum and he wears a funny cape, mm. right? But like, how can he apply that piece about not doing harm to his new role? And I think that's interesting. Mm. So I feel like when we get into this area of enlightenment, yeah, and this this quality of healing our, ourselves and others and mysticism mm-hmm. right like where's the tangible nature of that like mm. how do you quantify that yeah. right how do you how do you support what in what framework does that belong yes. so i feel that that is what has drawn me so much to it is because um, the graphs and the charts and the numbers uh, are fantastic, are fant- fantastic way of knowing, right? Yeah. And it's the uh, subjective stuff, the stuff that you can't really see, right? But you can, f- there's a feeling you get about it. Mm-hmm. it. Just that quality alone, project that to whatever you want is, mm-hmm. is I feel like what really drew me in personally as my, on my quest. Yeah, I think that's so interesting. And if I could just say this last thing, uh, 
I like to think that we all have like a, like a certain karmic work that we're doing. Um, and it's why we have found ourselves where we are mm-hmm. right now. And we're, we're doing that, that karmic work to return to the self in, in where we are. Like, um, yeah. I was, you know, I was born in, in, in Rockland County and, and, uh, lived there for many years and, uh, not why wasn't that somewhere else you know why 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 couldn't it have been somewhere else some people i have friends that moved we never moved you know so i'm curious like what all like you talk about relationships and community i mean look at all of those connections and relationships that were in place that led me to here you know right to have this conversation with you exactly yeah so uh i have a trust in that 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 to be true Mm-hmm. And um, there's also like this effortless efforting quality in trusting that uh, I'm supported mm. where I am and that life is kind, kinder than having to work really, really, really hard all of the time. Right. Yeah. So it's like you get these moments of uh, these little like cosmic winks is like somebody referred to them. Uh, somebody referred like to that. them as yeah. these little winks in 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 your life that make you go whoa you know or Mm -hmm. or that's crazy you know or Mm -hmm. what are the odds of this happening yeah you know it's it's like this uh like it's a wink right and it's fleeting it's it's it comes and it goes and you're like what was that like wait what like right so of course and then uh yeah yeah. and 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 just like dr strange i think he he was on like he he had that astral projection he saw something that kept him hungry you know for 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 going where he was going getting to where he was going changed his life changed his path thank you yeah thank you yeah i feel like i feel like you you know have given me a lot to chew on and think about both in relationship to connection between healing and this film but also just things to think about when i consider my own place and my own sense of purpose and sense of self in you know in my circles. Um, so I appreciate it. Right on. Yeah. Thanks for having me. This was great. If you're enjoying the podcast, you can find me at an idea underscore podcast on Twitter and Instagram. Artwork was designed by Brooke Pender, who you can follow on Instagram at B Pender illustrations music by Demeter Salvia. You can check out their debut EP, etc. Volume one on Bandcamp. Thank you for listening and join me next time for look, I'm just going to be myself an episode on Spider-Man Homecoming.